This is the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Welcome back to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. I am so blessed to be able to do this to serve you, to uh, use the relationships that I have to really bless you. There are so many great godly men and women in my life. I feel so privileged to be able to sit down to talk to them, to be able to learn from them. And uh, Leadership Lessons, I want to take uh, my conversations, the things I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking uh, those people like that I know questions about ministry and learning from them and uh, and I wanted to record those to send those in audio files to you so you could be blessed so you can listen to these things and uh, you know just so encouraged by how God has worked and I say this because this is the end of season three uh, I had planned 12 episodes before the whole coronavirus and so uh, I got a couple of weeks off but I actually pre-recorded these this last year uh, with people that I know whether it be last episode episode 11 Pilgrim Benham good friend of mine or David Guzik or we're gonna see today um, um, Daryl Nelson a local pastor here in the area. I get people that, that I'm in relationship with, or whether it be my dad, um, people that I know that have influenced me, uh, or I've learned from afar. And just being able to learn from these uh, guys and men and women have just been incredible. And so I really pray uh, that you've been blessed. I pray that this podcast was a blessing. Listen, if you have not rated this podcast yet, would you be able to do that? Whatever platform you listen to, whether it be Google Play or iTunes, just give it a, a quick five star, please only five stars. Uh, give it a quick five star and just drop me a note or a line. You could also contact me at daniel at eeleaders.com. Uh, drop me an email. Let me know that you're listening, that you're encouraged by it. Uh, I am planning to do more episodes, uh, but I wanted to stop in the summertime. Usually the summertime, I take a rest. And this summer was going to be a very specific summer where I was actually going to take my first sabbatical. Uh, it's been seven years since my wife and I planted Redemption Church and we were going to go on a sabbatical. Things have changed quite drastically with our world, so we're delaying the travel plans. Uh, but yet, we knew uh, it is definitely time for a break. And so, uh, a Sabbath is something where you don't just uh, travel and do all the stuff that you want to do, but it's also uh, taking time to seek God. And so I always like to have seasons, seasons and rhythms where I can take a break from my Leadership Lessons podcast uh, to, to dive back into getting content and, and focusing and praying and being on the Lord and, and just... Um, you know, have different things going on. I also serve as a, a full-time pastor in local congregation here at Redemption Church in Delray Beach, which I absolutely love. I work as well part-time doing other things, graphic design, video projects, those type of things. And by the way, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. So it would be wise for me to take a break right now to enjoy my family in the summertime. The kids are out of school. Praise God for that. We're gonna take a couple weeks uh, just to enjoy one another and live life and uh, I think that that's really important to be able to rest uh, of course we got to hustle but we got to and we got to stay humble and learn but we got to rest as well and so uh, just really excited to be able to rest and to come to an end to this season and I look forward to what the Lord's going to bring we did something a little bit different this season where we had um, 
uh, three-minute message uh, where there was wisdom from the Proverbs from different ministry leaders, uh, which, you know, we'll end with another one today. But, uh, you know, who knows what season four will look like and when we'll launch that. But if you follow us on social media or, uh, you know, want to email us and get the updates, you can do that at our website, eeleaders.com. And uh, stay connected, stay, um, you know, connected to this ministry and we'll get you more content uh, blog stuff, all that stuff is coming and planning. But uh, in order to have longevity in ministry, you must uh, make your priorities first the Lord. And this is what I love about uh, Daryl Nelson. Uh, he is a pastor that's been in our area for many years, loves Jesus, loves the Lord, has done such a great job serving Jesus in our area, making such an impact, him and his wife, Amy. And I just wanted to get together with him and say, man, how do you last? How do you last in ministry? I don't want to say what are the tricks, but what are the tricks? Like, what's the wisdom that you would have? And I think it really comes down to our abiding in Christ, like John 15 tells us. And so I know you're going to be blessed by this conversation, by the, the last three-minute message, the Proverbs. And uh, hopefully, if you're just coming alongside this podcast or um, like this kind of content, we have two other uh, complete seasons of 24 episodes. So man, we, we made it past the 50 uh, episode mark. There is so much content on our website, eeleaders.com. Check it out. Enjoy it. And uh, enjoy this interview that I had with uh, Daryl Nelson, Pastor Daryl Nelson, um, just about longevity and ministry. I'm praying that you last. I'm praying that I last. I'm praying that we serve God faithfully and we heal here. Well done, good and faithful servant. God bless you guys and enjoy. Hey everyone, I'm here with Pastor Daryl Nelson, and uh, we're going to talk about longevity in ministry. How do we last? How do we continue to stay faithful to the Lord and things He's called us to? And so I had to bring in someone full of wisdom. That's that's another way oh, that's of saying. Me? Yeah, that's, that's another oh. way of saying um, more mature, older oh, person. That's okay. right. Okay. Uh, Daryl is a godly <laughs> example here in our area in South Florida and uh, just in God's kingdom. Um, but before we get into the subject, Daryl, tell me. Just about where you're at in ministry, how you serve the Lord. How did you get into ministry and full-time vocation, all that different stuff? Well, I can honestly say that it was the Lord who brought me into the ministry. You know, I know, I know a lot of people say that, but for me, I wasn't thinking about ministry. I wasn't looking to be saved, but the Lord saved me. And when he saved me, he gave me an unquenchable thirst for his word. Hmm. And within six months after I got saved, I knew that he had called me into the ministry. I got saved in a holiness Pentecostal church. But even though I was in the midst of this Pentecostal church, I know he didn't call me to minister into that form, into that fashion. Hmm. He didn't call me to be a preacher. He called me to be a teacher. And I didn't understand that. But as uh, time went on and as time went by, God just led me and led me and led me. And uh, so it was all his plan and not mine. Yeah. And so where are you serving at now? What, what's the church called? Where are you guys located at? Like that area, region, stuff like that. I'm serving with uh, Calvary Chapel of the Palm Beaches, and right now we are in the Lake Worth Green Acres area. We've been serving in that area for now uh, over 20 years, and uh, the Lord has uh, blessed, the Lord has continued to uh, bless us and sustain us. If anybody knows anything about ministry, ministry is like a roller coaster. It's up and it's down, and you're going this way, and you're going that way, but oh, yeah. through it all, God has been faithful even when I was faithless. Yeah. And so did you plant that church or did you uh, take it over? Or what was that calling to be a, a lead pastor, senior pastor there? 
Yeah, started it, actually started it on a, started it in prayer. We started praying like on a Monday night, and mm -hmm. we prayed for Monday nights for a, a full year. It was about five or six guys that I had new over the years. We get together, we get together uh, again continuously Monday nights, and we just pray, pray, pray. And at the end of that year, the Lord just kind of laid it, uh, laid it upon my heart that now was the time. And so I would say maybe about the last uh, two months of that first year, then we started doing a little uh, Bible study. And uh, after that, then started in my home on a Wednesday night. And uh, here it is now, 25 years later, and we're still doing the same thing we did then. We're still meeting for prayer and Bible study. Man, you are just <laughs> such an OG. Because you just said like, yeah, and you know, 25 years later, no big deal. Do you know how many stories I bet you have of God's faithfulness, of his power, of oh, people's yeah. life? Oh my gosh. I, I, I mean, I, I can't even imagine 25 years serving one place, being faithful, all the stuff, how God has used you and worked in so many thousands of people's lives. Hmm. Even if you never had a thousand people at one time, with the ministry of doing year after year after year after year, just a great impact. I know that you even had in my life, in our church's life, in this community. Um, I just, I just want to be on camera. This isn't a, I just thank you for your service, man. Mm. Thank you for being faithful. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you is because you have been faithful uh, to the, what God's called you to. And like, I love what you said. Oh, we're doing the same thing. Just praying in Bible study. It's about Jesus and glorifying him. Amen. But I think that's what can help us stay in ministry, stay humble, stay serving the Lord, and being faithful to what God has called you to do. Now, when you think about these 25 years, uh, you said you had a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Um, how important has your calling been to just keep the main focus, the main thing, Jesus teaching his word, loving his people, how important has that been for you to sustain for these last, be sustained for these last 25 years? Well, first of all, let me say this. It doesn't seem like 25 years. I hear the words, and when I think of 25 years, it sounds like uh, a long time. Yeah. But in actually doing what I've been doing for the last 25 years, it doesn't seem like 25 years. Hmm. It seemed like I just started a short time ago. Yeah. And I believe that's because the Lord has literally placed eternity within my heart. Yeah. And eternity, there is no time. Uh -huh. You know, so the 25 years doesn't seem like 25 years. And uh, yes, there's been ups and downs. And, you know, there's been difficult times, many times of uh, tears, many times of, uh, you know, feeling like, you know, uh, a failure, feeling like I have a bit, you know, been abandoned even by the Lord, mm -hmm. you know, because things weren't coming together the way I wanted them to come together. But always going back to the reality of, like the Lord, like what Peter told the Lord, where else can I go? Yeah. I, I literally have no place else to go. And in all honesty, if I had someplace else to go, if Jesus is not going with me, I don't want to go, you know. I can honestly sit here today and say, you know, if I could have tens of, of millions of dollars and be able to, you know, travel the world and leisure and do whatever I want to do, that doesn't excite me. Yeah. Teaching God's word, being with God's people still 
is to fire my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So because you've had this fire in your heart, because it is something that I know that we talked about even off camera, we love to do. It's just a great privilege to be a pastor, to shepherd people, to, to teach God's word. It still means that you're going to deal with discouragement. Yes. Uh, and so in this time of serving God the last 25 years, what are some ways that maybe has discouraged you personally going through this journey? Because I think sometimes when we think, oh, well, just do what you love. And if you have a passion, everything's going to be great. And it's going to be like, I'm just thinking of the younger person, you know, just to, oh, it's going to be amazing. And look, how can this ever be horrible? Mm. Well, in life, I found it is like a roller coaster because on one track, you have all the horrible stuff. And on another track, you have the, the good stuff. And you're, you're living life doing, doing both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's the best of times and the worst of times. Yes. So yes. what are some ways that you've been discouraged over these last uh, years of serving the Lord, even when you still have this zeal and this passion? Mm -hmm. Well, again, uh, because you are a shepherd of God's sheep, mm -hmm. you love the sheep. Yeah. And they are sheep, again, that sometimes are very hard to love. And that hurts because you're loving them, but they're Lambos, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they bite. You yep. know, and so that can be discouraging. There are sheep that you love and that you think that you're going to spend, you know, years and years and years, you know, ministering with. And as soon as you get to know them good and you really bring them into your heart and you love them, sometimes again, they have another calling to go someplace else or move to another part of the world. And that hurts. It's discouraging. It's like, again, losing one of your limbs. Yeah. You know, and it's so those those are the type of things again for me personally. You know that are just difficult because again, I you know I love people. I've always been a lover of people, mm -hmm. and then when it's God's people, then you get attached. Yeah, you know to them. Uh -huh. You always want the best for them, but you're sad to see them go, and so that's kind of difficult. And then like I say again, you know, there's those times again when you when you're working for a. Uh, a certain uh, aim or working for a certain goal mm -hmm. and you really think that hey you know that this is you know what the Lord would have for you you know but something I had to learn is that a uh, delay or is not a denial yeah you know and then, so that was mm -hmm. difficult but again if you keep your eyes on the Lord and just keep moving forward then you look up and 25 30 years 40 years 50 years and it's wow we're here <laughs> We're here. We're here. So how have you cultivated your relationship with the Lord and sort of kept it fresh over these uh, last years, not just in ministry, but just as a Christian? How have you personally, what are some things that you do to cultivate your relationship with God, to keep your passion, to keep your calling, and keep your fire of just loving God and loving people? I always stay at the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I never moved from that old, old deacon in the church that I got saved in had this saying, and I have adopted that saying, and that is, may my highest height always be at the feet of Jesus, hmm. right? And when I fully caught that, it was like, that's a place to inspire. And so one of the things I've always, you know, uh, maintained and I continue to maintain, I don't care where, where God sends me or what kind of platforms he puts me on, I'm a sheep. Yep. I'm a sheep. Before I'm a pastor, before I'm anything other, I am a sheep. And because I am a sheep, I need to stay close to the shepherd. Even though there are uh, people who look at me 
as their shepherd and they're looking to me to help them with this and help them with that, I'm looking to him yeah. and I never outgrow that. You know, if you think that you are going to outgrow that and you're going to get to the place where you are independent of the Lord, then you really are severing, so to speak, your relationship with the Lord, if not your full relationship, the power that the Lord wants to flow through you, you know, and then that leads to burnout. That leads to um disassociation that leads to all kind of discomfort and all the rest of that but if you stay close there's an old uh, post I used to have where it said that uh, it's hard to fall when you're on your knees yeah that's you know? good and so when you if you do those things that if you stay on your knees and always remember regardless of how many people might call you you know pastor or people coming to the church from different uh, backgrounds calling your father and all the rest of that it's oh, just yeah. like I'm a sheep yeah yeah so that so that's the thing that's really uh, kept me and you know one of the things I always say to the Lord is Lord please you know don't don't don't, don't leave me yeah. You know, he promised he would never leave me nor forsake me, but don't even leave me for a for a moment, you know, where I'm by myself and I have to uh, make decisions. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, no, no, no. <laughs> you ain't no. want none of that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm dependent upon you, oh God. And so because I stay in that place, you know, it keeps the, uh, the fire, it keeps the passion mm -hmm. going strong. Yeah, so what basically what I'm hearing from you is two things is one, making sure your identity is in the Lord and not in ministry. Yes. Right? Being a sheep or a child of God or however you want to phrase that, but yes. you, you are a Christian. You're a follower of Jesus first before you are yes. a pastor or a church leader or whatever role or responsibility you have. And then also, yes. one thing I think is important too is you're saying to be close to the presence of God. Yes. Uh, that that yes. you don't, you, you're living for God and His presence and His glory rather than living for um, a position or other things that would take you away from God. Yes. If, if you're wherever God is, that's where you want to be. Yes. I, I got saved in the worship service. Okay. The day I got saved, I wasn't looking to be saved. But I'm sitting in the church because God called me to go to that church. And all day long, I'm going, no, 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 no. And God just kept saying, I want you to go to that church. I want you to go back. I want you to go back. I want you to go back. So finally, it was just like, okay, I'll go. And so I went, and I'm sitting in the church, and I got my arms folded, and I'm sitting here going, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Why am I here? Why am I here? And it was a holiness Pentecostal church. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in one of those, but it was quite lively. Yep. And they people, were, people were up and dancing and shouting and this, that, and another. And I'm like, wow, this is better than the circus. And I'm just ready to go, ready to go. But then I looked up and I saw this one particular person up and they were praising the Lord. It was almost like their face was just all aglow. And I'm like, wow, look at that. And it seemed like they were just so joyful. And I looked over here and I saw it in another person's face. And I saw it in another person's face. Hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm like um, Dr. Spock from Star Trek. And I'm trying to analyze this thing. And I'm like, what is that? What is that? And I had a thought in my mind, I wonder what that feels like. And the moment I said that, a lady walked up to me, tapped me on the shoulder, 
and said, you want to know what that feels like, don't you? Hmm. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> she said, you want to know what that feels like, don't you? And I was like, yes. And she said, stand up. And I stood up and she laid her hands on me. And Daniel, the spirit just yeah. hit me. Man, I began to weep. Hmm. I began to cry. I walked up on the altar, which nobody told me to do. And I think I sat there on that altar and I cried for almost 45 minutes. Wow. I did. I had not cried, man, because I came from there where big boys don't cry. Uh-huh. I had not cried, man, in over 20 years. I could not stop crying. And literally, when I got up, I was born again. I was filled <laughs> with the Spirit. I was totally, totally changed. My life has never been the same. Hmm. And it was just the presence of God. Yeah. And that presence is the is the driving force. And that's why I'm like, Lord, where 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 are you? Where yeah. are you? Where are you? Even when I'm sitting in church and you know I'm getting ready to speak, I'm always still looking. God, where where are you? Oh, okay, there you go. Okay, I feel you. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And I know it's well. Yeah, yeah. And it's so sad that this isn't even has to be said. But you have to be born again to lead God's people. You have to know His presence, be saved, to do an effective ministry to have him flow through you to surrender to his will it's just even sad even and disheartening to think that there are even pastors leading god's church Mm. that aren't even saved they don't have that call and so their measurement is on all these different things rather than their true identity of god saved my soul i've been born again i have the holy spirit inside of me and he's doing a work inside of me can you imagine doing ministry without the holy spirit no i can't (laughs) i can't even I can't even true, imagine. True ministry comes from the overflow. Yeah. True ministry comes from the overflow. As you are filled with the Spirit mm-hmm. and you begin to overflow, what overflows out of you ministers to the people. Yeah. True ministry comes from the overflow. So if you are not filled and if you are not being continuously filled, then you can't overflow. You can say all of the right things. You can do all of the right things. You might hold the right position. You might have the right doctrine, right? But if there's no overflow, there's no true ministry. It can touch people's ears, but it's not gonna touch their hearts. It's not gonna touch their spirit. And the only way to maintain that is by sitting at the feet of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I I always think about this because this is really dear to my heart because John 7, Jesus talked about that, that overflow ministry. You receive the Holy Spirit, He'll flow like river water. The mission of Redemption Church is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus. And there's a reason because you don't proclaim Jesus without pursuing Him. First you pursue Him. Amen. And then you're a witness and then you proclaim the goodness of God. You proclaim this experiential thing. And so... Just because you do ministry led by the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. Oh, doesn't no. mean that you're perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm wondering, what, what are some of the mistakes you've made along the way um, that you've had to overcome in these last years serving the Lord? Uh, because I think sometimes we could over-spiritualize. Oh, just be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, <laughs> all right, that's great. It's easy now. But it's not easy. It's still hard. We still have the flesh we're working through. What are some mistakes uh, some some things that you've grown in in ministry and just learned from your mistakes. Well, one of the biggest ones for me is personally, I am a self starter. 
And because I'm a self-starter, I don't need uh, a lot of oversight. Yep. Right. So if I know what needs to be done and I know how to do it, then it's done. Right. And so I'm thinking that a lot of people, you know, operated from that same place. Mm -hmm. Right. So there was a lot of times I would give people different uh, opportunities to minister in this way or to minister in this way. And I'm expecting them to not only to handle it, but to do everything as unto the Lord, to do everything with the spirit of excellence, because that's the way I'm going to do it. Uh And so I found out that a lot of people (laughs) don't operate like that. Yeah, I I, I never even thought about that. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yes. You live and you learn. That's right. You live, especially when you're dealing with God's people. Yeah. Right. If I love Jesus and you love Jesus, you know, and we're doing this for Jesus, then you're going to do your absolute best for Jesus. Yeah. So since you're doing your absolute best for Jesus, why do I need to give you oversight? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus already given you oversight. So let me know when it's done. That's right. So how did that, how did that, that thinking that everyone is like you turn out? How did that go for you? That didn't work out well. No? That didn't work out well. Yeah. No, because a lot of times you uh, you look up and you are uh, dependent on this person or this person mm-hmm. to have a certain thing done, you know, by a certain time in a certain way. And you look up some of the times and it's not done at all or it's, you know, half done and you're looking at it and you're going, that's that's not acceptable. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times I found out that it wasn't because the person wasn't uh, willing or even knowledgeable, but it was because I didn't give them enough insight hmm. into exactly what I was looking for yeah. and exactly how it should be done. And then so that in turn you know, caused the whole uh, project, so to speak, to be delayed, yeah. right? Or if it was showtime and they didn't have it, then the curtain went up and everybody's looking raggedy, you know? So now it's like, oh man, that was a complete disaster. Yeah. And so it took me a minute to be able to uh, figure out who's who Meaning, who did I, who I could just say, okay, you got this, and let them run with little or no oversight, while at the same time being able to give the other ones who needed more oversight the oversight that they needed, without um, putting them down or thinking they're lesser because they're not this other person yeah. who didn't need oversight. Yeah, there are some people that are more like managers; they just want like. Hey, just give me the instructions. All right, pastor, you want 50 hours? That's great. Five steps, perfect, gonna be done. Then there are other people that are like, okay, you want this done? I'm gonna get done, don't even worry about it. Yes. And just understanding the difference of how people work uh, is very important. Yes. Um, Okay, so you've made mistakes, you've been discouraged in ministry. How have other brothers, other people come alongside you to help you through that encouragement? How important is to have fellowship with, with other church leaders, other pastors, other people you can minister to one another in in a, in a good godly way. How important is that in ministry? It's super important because one of the things that uh, 
uh, Satan loves to do is he loves to bring discouragement. And me personally, the one of the ways that he brings discouragement to me is uh, when things don't go the way that I think or feel or desire for them to go, then it's all my fault. Hmm. I've always been a very, very responsible person. As I said before, you know, you don't have to give me oversight. You don't have to wake me up and tell me to do this or tell me to do that. I know what I need to do and I'm on what I need to do. And then so uh, when things don't go the way I think it should go, it's my fault. And so that was very, very discouraging to me, you know. And so being around other brothers and especially uh, men of faith who were further ahead mm-hmm. in ministry, talking with me and talking me through some of those things and letting me know that I'm not the village idiot, you know, that yeah. just certain things are par for the course. Yeah. And it's the way, again, that the enemy attacks the man of God, attacks the work of God. That really, really helped. That really made me go, Wow. Okay. Okay. So I encourage, you know, uh, men of faith, even women of faith to find that one or two people who, uh, who loves them, Mm -hmm. but who speak the truth in love to them and help them walk through those issues and also understand that, uh, the issues that you go through in ministry are the same issues that other people go through in ministry. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost like the same thing in marriage, mm-hmm. right? When a guy gets married, after being married for a year or two, he thinks his wife is just this crazy person that nobody's ever seen anything like her. <laughs> but then he goes talk to other guys and they go, no, I married a sister, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one at home like that too, uh-huh. you know. And it's the same thing with the woman. The women get married and think that her husband is this. And after a while, she thinks he's this crazy man. But if she goes and get with other women, and they say, no, girl, all of them like that. Yep. And it helps you to understand that what you're going through is not something uh, unique. Yes. You're not alone in it. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And that really, really helps because now it's like, okay, so talk me through this. Talk me off the ledge. Yeah. How do I handle this? How do I do this? So it's super important that we have those mentors in our lives. Yeah. No, it, it makes uh, such a difference. Like, wait, other people have left your church as well? Yeah. Wait, this has happened to you? Oh, you're having a hard time with the building? And yes. not only can we not feel isolated alone, but then we can actually get wisdom and advice from other people that have gone before it. Yes. I don't know, I think it's first or second Corinthians, but talking about the afflictions we go through now. Yes. The Holy Spirit comforts us, so now we can yes. comfort other people. Uh, so yes. it's important for us to have mentors, but also to be mentors to other people, to, yes. to just, just let them know, hey, you're not alone, man. It's going to take you a couple years to know the Bible. Yes. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not just going to be saved in two, two weeks later. No. no. Memorize the entire Bible. It's okay no. if you don't know the prophets right now. Let's just work on the gospel. Right. And, and walk through with people. Walk these things through with people. Amen. Uh, one Amen. thing I have to say is, what are some practical advice you would tell young leaders just beginning to serve Jesus? What what advice is sort of being a, a, men, a mentoree? Um, our mentor to these mentorees, these young people coming in ministry, what's some wisdom and counsel you can give after 25 years to say, hey, young man, young sister, hang in there. There's some things you're going to deal with. 
but it's okay. What, what advice, counsel, would you give someone just coming into ministry and, and being zealous about the Lord? Well, again, it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Always maintaining, first of all, that you are a servant, mm -hmm. that you are a sheep. And as a servant and as a sheep, that you have to eat from the master. And what I mean by that is you always have to have your personal time. I've been studying and doing this thing called ministry for, let's say, really over 25 years. Yeah. And I never let what I do for work substitute what I do personally. Mm -hmm. I'm in the Word of God, studying for studies and all the rest of that, but what I do for my work is separate from what I do individually. Yeah. I have my books that I read for my devotional time. I have my Bible that I'm reading for my devotional time, and I never let that be what I'm doing for a study. I keep those two things separate. The pastor and the sheep mm -hmm. stay separate. And because I do that, then again, that helps me to stay to stay balanced. Yeah. You know, and because I do that for me personally, again, th that, that was the thing. And these are the things that have brought me this far. So I would tell any young pastor, young servant, don't get so busy uh, serving the king that you forget the heart of the king. Mm. And you're only going to get that and know that and maintain that by sitting at his feet. I've seen too many people working and they're working hard and they're working diligent and they're doing all of these things and, you know, but they don't have any personal time. Everything they do, their prayers, their studies, you know, everything they do is for the platform, so yeah. to speak. Uh -huh. There's nothing for the personal. Yeah. You know, you have to separate them too. And if you separate them too, you will be okay. And you will look up and again, 25, 30, 40 years, it is seeing like you just got started because you are staying in contact with eternity. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So Daryl, do you have any last words of encouragement, wisdom, advice, just to how to how to thrive in ministry for the long haul? We're talking about longevity, doing yeah. ministry, yeah. abiding in Jesus. Uh, what what a last advice would you give to church leaders, people that have been serving God for fifty years, five months, five years? Um, just some hope and some encouragement with this subject and this topic. Keep your eyes on the Lord. I know that sounds simplistic, but it's difficult. Mm -hmm. When you're serving in ministry, when you have goals and desires and dreams, yep. it's difficult to keep your eyes on the Lord because it's so easy to look around and to see what somebody else is doing. Mm -hmm. What's happening over there what's happening over here. Look what they have. Look what they are doing. Look what they are, or look where they're going. Mm -hmm. By now, I thought I would be doing this and this and this and this. 
judging your ministry by somebody else's ministry oh. is going to bring disaster. Yeah. It's going to bring discouragement. You have to keep your eyes on the Lord. Again, judging by what this person is doing, by what this person is doing, because then we all, we're human. Yeah. We're human and jealousy can set in and envy can set in. Mm -hmm. And if you don't put your focus back onto the Lord, those things can actually start and rise up and cause a seat or a root, a root of bitterness yeah. in you. Because now you're no longer satisfied with what the Lord is doing in you mm -hmm. and through you. Now you're actually mad. Yep. You're going, okay, I got 25 sheep. I have 50 sheep. They have 200 sheep. They have 2,000 sheep. I'm a better this than they are. And I'm a better this than they are. And now you're comparing, and now you actually are getting mad at God. Hmm. And so now, do you actually think the Lord is going to bless you with yeah. that type of heart? Yeah. With that type of attitude? You know, and so again, it sounds very simplistic. Keep your eyes on the Lord, focus on the Lord, but it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, when you start looking over there, you have to be able to uh, learn in all honesty to celebrate somebody else's success. You got to be able to go, wow, look what the Lord is doing over there. That's okay to say, Lord, while you're blessing others, you know, bless me too. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You know, but don't be uh, jealous. Don't get, uh, you know, discouraged because of that. But again, if you get envious, you will get discouraged. And one of the things I would also say, and this is something that, you know, I've had to... Uh, remind myself and repeat again to myself many times over the years. Mm -hmm. And that is because there are those times when you get discouraged and there's those times when you really get so downcast that you're ready to throw on the towel, yep. that you're ready to quit. Every time I've gotten there, I've always asked myself this question, am I quitting because I don't have what I need? Or am I quitting because I don't have what I want? Hmm. And if I find myself in all honesty saying I'm ready to quit because I don't have what I want, then what that means is I made the ministry about me yeah, and not about the Lord. And so that is a reason to repent. That's a reason to get on your face mm -hmm. and go before your Father, go before your Lord. Lord, forgive me. Yeah. Forgive me for my wickedness. Help me. And so if you focus in on the Lord, when all of those things come up, and again, when that discouragement come up, you know, and you're going and you're saying, okay, so, all right, so the bills are paid. There's food. There's this. There's that. So everything that we need is here. Then evidently, God must be here. Because yeah. he said he would supply all of my needs. And the needs of man supplied. So, is that not good enough for me? Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, that's a that's just like a great way to end this this, this interview. Because <laughs> yeah. godliness plus contentment is great gain, and there's so much comparison, especially in this next generation with social media, and yes. we see more. But there's something in our flesh that just wants it for us and not for others. We human. Yeah. We're human. Mm-hmm. One, one of the biggest things that happened at the fall was we became self-centered. Hmm. Before we were God-centered. At the fall, we became self-centered. Yeah. That's why you can take a picture, have 50 people in the picture. Who you look for? Myself. Exactly. Got to look at that thing first for me. Exactly. Everybody else can be perfect. Your eyes are red. Let's take the picture again. This, this, it's not a good picture. It's not a good picture. <laughs> no, this, this, this is not good. It's not yeah. good. And so there's a constant fight against that. Mm-hmm. The enemy loves to play on that. Mm-hmm. What the enemy did in the garden, he still does today. He came to Eve and said, hey, God is holding something back. Yeah. Right? Focus on what you could be. And we're focusing on what we could be in and of ourselves. Outside of, now, that's going to mean that we're going to have to go outside of God's word to get it. Yeah. But that's what the enemy does. Focus so much on you that you're willing to go outside of God's word to get it, even if it's the attitude of your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, brothers, sisters, keep on fighting the good faith that we have been given by Jesus. It's so encouraging to talk uh, ministry, not only just from um, principles, but also a lifestyle from you, Daryl, from mm-hmm. the example, from you practically living these things out. I pray that you're here for another 25 years. Me too. <laughs> Serving the Lord and we're doing it together. And so, man, just appreciate all of the wisdom and the nuggets. And I'm sure many people are probably going to rewatch this and send it to friends because it was just so solid, mm. so good. My spirit's just rejoicing and courage. And um, I pray for you as you listen to this and watch this uh, that you are encouraged as well, that you keep on doing things God's called you to do, Amen. looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. God bless you guys. Amen. This is a three-minute message brought to you by Redemption Church, Delray Beach. Hey everybody, Ben here. So excited to share with you a proverb this morning. The book of Proverbs says, The path of the just is like the shining sun shining ever brighter unto the perfect day. I love how in the Bible... Our walk with God is compared to the sun and it's compared to light. The book of Psalms says, The Lord your God is a sun and shield. He will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. The book of Malachi says that for those who fear his name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. So too, when you walk with God, the path that you tread on is not going from glory to gory, but glory to glory, grace to grace, strength to strength, like the shining sun. It shines ever brighter until the noonday apex. So too, the Bible says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. John says, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Now, light is made up of these energy quanta called photons, and there are approximately 4 million photons per square meter. And what scientists have now sussed out and divined is that there is light in every square inch of the universe. While 96% of the universe is unknown, comprised of dark matter, black holes, and dark energy, scientists have found that there is light everywhere, even in 
places that appear to be darkest. For example, black holes are known to actually trap light. So too, when you feel like you're venturing through the valley of the shadow of death, trekking through Tophet, swimming the sticks, and slogging through the slew of despond. When you feel like you're going through the darkness, remember what the prophet declared, even if I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. Because not only is light all but omnipresent, but scientists are now telling us that the speed of light at 186,000 miles per second is the one stable element in all of existence. So while atoms are basically a snow flurry of particles, while the second law of thermodynamics and entropy is demanding that everything goes from order to greater disorder and chaos is the order of the day, this speed of light is something that you can rely on. It's something that you can depend on. It is the one stable element. So too, God is stable. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. He is the same forever, the Bible says. And the only thing new about God are his mercies. His mercies are new every morning, Lamentation says. So my encouragement for you is that you would expect as you enter into the rest for God to do his best. Don't look down and get distressed. Don't look inside and get depressed. Don't look around and get stressed. Look up and get blessed because the God who calls you to it will bring you through it. He is your light. He is a sun and shield. He is your salvation. So do not be afraid. Be strong and of good courage. And just because you go through hell doesn't mean you have to smell like smoke. You might be at your rope's end, but you're not at your hope's end. You might be knocked down, but you're not knocked out. You might lose a battle, but you ain't going to lose the campaign because the light will beat the darkness just as there is light in every square inch of the universe. So too, when you're going through the valley of shadows, the Lord will be your light. So friends, just because bad things are happening around you doesn't mean they need to be happening inside you. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control what comes through you. God doesn't do anything to you. He only does things for you. And if God's gonna do something for you, he's first gotta do something in you. So don't look down and give up, but look up and get up because the Lord is your light. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it will encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.